You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. These are all your notes? Yeah, this is just, these are just stupid questions that I would ask anybody. I'm speaking from the heart, Harold. That's what I try to do. You try to speak from the heart? Depends on, depends on who I'm talking to. Listen to your heart. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's no doubt about that. True words have never been spoken. Get out of here. Way back hooks up. There's a cycle. You can't put it on the board. Yes. A single, double, triple, and home run in one game. He is hit for the cycle. All right, all right. Welcome back to the cycle. I'm your host, Pat McGann. I have with me what a special, special episode. I have both Kevin Bozeman and Jim Flanagan with me, and uh, we have a great Hello, guest on this episode. Jim. Co-host, great <laughs> guest on this episode, Harold Baines. Which I want. A- I want to. Can you get audio, Brad, somewhere of the Harold chant? And that's that should be the build up into this episode. Harold, that was great. Harold. What's the what's the, the the favorite thing your favorite Harold Baines moment? Um, let's, let's pretend like he's my <laughs> let's let's act like he was hypothetically in this room right now. He could hear, and it was and we made this really creepy for him. Honestly, it is like a probably a collage of things of just he was the guy in the '80s when I grew up becoming a White Sox fan. He was you know that chant, you know him coming through in the clutch so many times. Right, you know, I, you know, so many people are like, "Oh, he's designated hitter." I remember him as a right fielder, you know, for that was what he was doing when when I was coming to games as a kid. Right. So, what about you? Fanny? And of course, the uh, was, what we talked about with Harold, of course, you know, the sack fly that eighty three brought in Cruz. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the most memorable moment. I think. I think kind of the same thing. I mean, I think one of the first memories I have of Harold because I was a little younger than you guys, but like when I was just becoming a Sox fan. <laughs> no, 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 but like irrelevant. I was irrelevant. just becoming a Sox fan when he got traded, and yeah. so that like eighty nine, ninety era. You know, I was I was really. I mean, that was kind of my first introductions to him. You know, I knew who he was, but I didn't know how important he was the city until you saw the backlash of him leaving well that's what you remember because you're younger than this but right, i have different right, right. memory because i make more money than you so yeah to your point i like i think he was the face of the franchise yeah. and like that was different than he didn't really embrace it he just played like, sure we were just like that's our guy we don't get quotes from him no interviews him not doing a lot of commercials it was just like that's our guy he was a baseball player he's, through and through he's a baseball player we don't need anything playing wiffle ball as a kid <laughs> my dad was like you know because he was my coach playing little league and he's like you should try batting left-handed and be a switch hitter because i was he was like you, you're not that very good at righty maybe we get some hits <laughs> trying the other side but whenever you bat le- bat lefty everybody in the neighborhood was you know the high step and, and trying to be Harold. I think everybody did that. When you were doing that, I wasn't born yet, so because I'm younger <laughs> than you. Um, so I'm gonna throw that out. There. I would ask you when you were born, but I know no one listening cares. <laughs> sure, so. that makes sense. That makes sense. When were you born, this Kevin? This is why. This is why the three of us can't do the podcast. I disagree. Right I think this is a fun intro. Yeah, I feel like there's some hostility going on. <laughs> it's not even me and you, which is what it should be. Not it's not even like the co-hosts fighting each other. Each other. It's just. The me and Pat animosity carrying over from last week's episode. No, not at all. But 
I think that the best thing about what these people are about to hear with our conversation with Harold is Kevin kicking <laughs> things off with Harold. You're known to be a difficult interview. <laughs> well, I had Just to go straight. The ice. Look, look, man. You go straight for the juggler. You gotta let. You gotta let that dude know. Hey, man, I'm here to do a job. And and look, however difficult you may think you are, I'm a I'm a bring it on the table, and then we either gonna move past this or not. But I gotta let you know that word on the street is you're a difficult dude to deal with. He immediately followed it up also by mentioning a man crush, which is I think the best way to diffuse that situation. Oh, there's no doubt. It's, it's look, absolutely. Look, me and Harold, we speak from the heart. Absolutely. <laughs> we speak from the heart. And I told him I had a man crush on him. That makes and sense. That makes like sense. My first athlete man crush. I sat in and listened on the interview, and it was really fun. I mean, it really was just, uh, and everything was genuine. And I think kind of everything you hear about Harold in interviews, it's not necessarily that he's trying to be difficult, but he just he he stays even keel about everything. You know what I mean? And he's not like he's not going to dwell on what happened or what didn't happen in the past and things like that. And it's just kind of his personality through and through. I thought that really shined through. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was fun, and uh, well, I'll just say this. We've said it before on this podcast. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. So I think we have uh, some guys coming back, and uh, this is exciting. We, we can officially announce this. Um, the White Sox homecoming weekend, which is May 20th, 21st, and 22nd, the, they'll be hosting the Royals. We're going to have a lot of players, uh, ex-players, some, some great uh, names and people you remember, but uh, Tim Raines, Jack McDowell. They're Another gonna, dude who should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Raines, yeah. Tim Raines. Raines and Baines. That would be easy to – that's the marketable. <laughs> yeah, it's we could. Raines and Baines ticket. Right. So they were going to be joining us on Saturday, May 21st. That's a day game. It's a 1 o'clock game. So pregame, um, look for us at the Shy Sox Bar and Grill. We're going to be recording a couple episodes of the cycle that day. We'd love to see you there. And definitely you want to be at that game. It's the first time they face the Royals, White Sox Royals. They're the uh, you know defending champs of the Central. So that'll be a fun weekend. Two-time American League defending Absolutely. champs. Yeah, two times. And they've had the Sox number in the past, sure. even when they weren't good. So this is so a big I hope weekend. they take it to them. I, mean, I really want people to come out for homecoming weekend. I mean, you think about it, the first time they're playing the Royals, it's going to be a tight race all the way through and through. It's also, like you said, Jack McDowell, Tim Raines, who else? Lance Johnson, I remember yeah. his name this time. And uh, Roberto Hernandez are all going to be out there. So, I mean, really fun weekend. Uh, did you mention who we're going to be recording the, the live podcast with? Yes, I did. Okay. Tim Raines and Jack McDowell. <laughs> okay, he didn't, I mean... You didn't say it together, but that's fine. Now you did. You Man. guys, you guys, chemistry is a bit shaky. Isn't I got great. What? Great. You know what? You yeah, the chemistry on this team is really good, but <laughs> the podcast, podcast scuffling. You guys, podcast chemistry is shaky at best. <laughs> well, I get frustrated when he asks me, "Did you mention something that I?" Yes, I mentioned you it. Just mentioned. You gotta, no, you, you said, said we would be at a weekend, have... and then you said that we'd be doing a live podcast. No, you said he said we'll us. have Reigns and McDowell. I was like, Reigns should be in the Hall of Fame. Yep, Reigns and. Hey, did you mention who's going to be there at the podcast? <laughs> Part of the reason uh, the Sox are doing this is 25 years of uh, U.S. Southern Field. You know, they opened this new Comiskey Park, but 25 years of the ballpark. So they are bringing back a lot of people just to go over, you know, the past. The White Sox are always great about, um, you know, linking the past to the present. And it's definitely family feel here. And um, so they reach this out is to these such guys. A, you know what? This is such an underrated ballpark. I think it is. Yeah. I think the cell is, is is highly underrated. They're so busy talking about that dump on the north side that they don't give this place the credit. That well, the changes they made are significant. I mean, I remember the you know when the ballpark opened, the bullpens were out in the alleys, and they had the uh, 
you know, the blue seats and the, you know, they switch the top of the park and yeah, it's beautiful. And there's the sight lines are, are incredible. What's your favorite memory of uh, being at the new stadium in the like, 25 years? Just going to the games. I went to a game where it was a double header and it was a rain delay and then, and just watching Bobby Jenks go out and pitch and then, uh, Freddie Garcia, those guys. And oh, then, man. And then, yeah, yeah. And it, the second game, the refs wanted – the umpires wanted the game over with, so they were calling everything strikes. <laughs> I believe that. Everything. They were, they were like – Getaway uh, day. They were like Liam Neeson and right. uh, Naked Guns. Just strike <laughs> before the guy even had the wind up. It was great. It was but, just great being out there. And the diehards were there because yeah. it was crappy weather and the diehard Sox fans were there. And that's, that was – Oh, that's moment. always fun to be seated in there then. I mean, 25 years. I, I going to games in the early 90s couldn't drink I was at like Bo Jackson the opening day where he hit yeah. the home run I remember mm-hmm. that that's a great memory but then it's like you kind of switch eras like I'm over 21 and I'm hanging out <laughs> right well how to remember field. those memories at the game right we did barren inning did you yeah we did that's barren cool. inning uh which is funny I was talking to my dad there at night and he's like uh oh man I remember being at a game we did barren inning and and a beer after every home run and like th- there were like six home runs that day, and I was like, "Man, I'm glad you are telling me this now." <laughs> like, not when I was 18. Like, this is a good idea. I could never pull that off now. But yeah, we, we did. We, we had some fun at the at the at the park doing you know 05, 06, those years 08. I was at the AJ drop third strike game against the Angels. And just seeing it live was pretty weird because you had no idea what was happening. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's just no announcers or anything. And it was great. It was a great moment. But also, everyone's cheering. Surprised you're old enough to remember this. Well, I mean, <laughs> just because I'm younger than you guys doesn't mean that I don't have any experience. Um, but no, it was weird because everyone's cheering. And, and all then of a sudden, you got cotton candy. <laughs> we did. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everyone stops cheering because no one knew what was happening or why he was on. You know what I mean? Like, we realized that he just ran to first base, and we have no clue why. Um, but it was fun. And then they came back for the uh, Tadahito Aguchi uh, home run against Boston game. So I think those are my favorite memories from the stadium, since nice. you didn't ask oh, me. That is awesome. I did ask you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Well, I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode with Harold. And you know what? Harold Baines was – he was great to talk to, but he was – and that's what he said to us when we finished the interview. He's like, I'm just me. I, I'm Harold Baines. This is what you get. Classic. So you guys will just embrace the, you know, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> the answers are so short. You're just like, okay, I guess I got to come up with another question. <laughs> but to be fair, he was in here when we started this intro and he just <laughs> he left was. the room. So, Once we stopped talking about him, he's like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. It was awesome. I tried to make it really creepy for him, too. I tried to make him uncomfortable. That was great. I don't think that's possible. But how far do you get on the list of White Sox all-time greats before his name comes up? Top five. Top five for sure. I would say he's on the he's on the podium. I he think could be in the three. top three. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. And you guys did an incredible job with that interview. I thought it was really fun. You got it was really good listening. He's on the Mount Rushmore. Hey, that means a lot Let, to me. Give me your. I, I hate the the, the oh, setup, but it's it's just geez. a good way to do it. The Mount Rushmore White Sox players. I mean, I I'll just I go, go f- without really thinking about it. Fisk, Baines, Thomas. And then that fourth guy, like I don't know, I, I, I would like, actually go Burley over over Fisk. Yeah, with the no hitters, the the World That's Series ring. Yeah, I would go. You could go Ozzy, go Robin. You could go. I would go Ozzy because of the player and being the manager. Yeah, can we agree that Thomas and uh, and yeah. and Baines are are two stalwarts? I mean, everyone, all three of us have them on there, right? right. Many. Baines. About I mean, many. Canerco, Canerco. Nelly Fox. Oh, jeez, Canerco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Canerco's there. Craig Grayback. 
All right, now you just ruined it. That's what you do. We get we try and be serious for a minute. Kittle, you can make Kittle could absolutely have an argument. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. No, that's that's fun to think about. All right, so enjoy this episode. Uh, Make sure you're getting on iTunes and telling your friends about the podcast. And check us out at Stand Up with the Sox, Thursday, June 2nd. The three of us are going to be performing stand-up. Got some White Sox ambassadors out there. And then our first live remote in season, Saturday, May 21st. It's homecoming weekend, that entire weekend. The Sox will be here hosting the Royals. We'd love to see you out there. All right, enjoy this uh, conversation with Harold. Later. All right, here we are with White Sox legend, and that could not be used more accurately to describe our guest today on the cycle. True legend, Harold Baines. Harold, welcome to the cycle. What's the cycle? What exactly? We're still trying to figure that out ourselves. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a way for us to get to know the uh, intimate details of of the White Sox staff players. Well, you got the wrong person there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Harold. You've been known to be a difficult interview. No, I'm not difficult. <laughs> Just I'm short and to the point. You'd that. be great on Twitter. No, I don't have a Twitter account. I know, but you would be great on it because you only use so many characters. It's very—it's a concise format. I think you would shine on that platform. But that's another topic. <laughs> I don't think, and Kevin Bozeman, who's uh, joining me, um, I, I think it, he is, uh, he's going right at it, um, obviously. No, <laughs> that's your opener. Look, Harold, I'm <laughs> going to say, Harold, interview. Harold, I'm going to say, look, I have had, this might be hard for you to hear, I've had a man crush on you for years. And to be here in an interview, you've been my favorite player throughout the 80s. And then when you left, and, like, I think it's great that your number is retired. And uh, it's an honor to be here. And so if I'm a little aggressive, I'm going to give you a whistle. And you just blow it. And then I'll stop. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) All right. So, Harold, let's talk about that. You start with the White Sox at a very young age in the 80s. I know you've talked a lot about it, Um, you know, the, the winning ugly season, 83. Um, what was it like playing um, at such a young age and being like you know far from home? I know you're you're from Maryland and kind of a homebody, I'm sure. I don't really call it young age. I mean, it was 21 when I got to big leagues, so I, I felt like um, I got drafted 18. So I played two and a half years in the minor leagues, and I was lucky because the White Sox really weren't that good at the time. So I was fortunate enough to have Tony LaRussa as my manager to the minor leagues and yeah. then he got the big league job in 1980. Oh, so you guys well, just kind of came together? Kind of, well, I think he came up in 79 for like a half a year and then he took over in 80. So he knew how I had pers- got better as the years went in the minor leagues and gave me a chance. So Everyone remembers your trademark high step for the, uh, you know, it was a timing mechanism and I know you like you talk about Charlie Law being like you're the big influence on your hitting career you don't see that as much anymore do you that that timing step that big yeah you do it's just some guys are bigger than others you know yeah. i mean kirby puckett did it for years alex rodriguez does it ruben sierra did it but today's player just they just have a shorter leg kick mine was just a little bit bigger is it called the harold bain step no because i think <laughs> i stole it from daryl strawberry actually no kidding with the mats yeah wow he so was sh- doing that before you before me yeah you didn't what take any it? other uh 
<laughs> Influenced his, though, I hope. No, I'm happily married. What? So, I mean, <laughs> what was it about that step that you liked? That I think as a, as, a, as a player, you try to find something that works for you. And that was a timing, like you said, a timing mechanism that I played around in, in batting practice. And then and it eventually I took it into the game, and it worked. Did it give you more power? Or did it allow you to be able to hit the uh, different fields better? A timing mechanism allows you to, to focus on the ball if it's going to be a ball or a strike, and when to start your swing and when not to start your swing. So my leg, I had two things going. I had my hands going and I had my front leg going. So they were kind of my mechanism to get me to recognize the ball. You see that a lot when the players are in the on-deck circle, mm -hmm. and then when the players at bat, you can also see them trying to emulate to get the timing down. Did you do that as well? Um, no, no. My, my timing was I did a lot of work in the cage off the tee, and now they do flips where somebody tosses you the ball or underhand it. And I would tell the guy, do it inside, outside, never down the middle, because rarely you get a pitch down the middle. So you got to cover the inside plate and the outside part of the plate. Who were some of the tougher pitchers that you faced? Um, Randy Johnson probably was the toughest pitcher I ever faced. Yeah, I can imagine. This, well, when he kills birds. <laughs> <laughs> I faced Randy when he first came up, so he was kind of wild. And then was there a guy that, that you would almost be scared about digging he'd, in? He'd probably be the only one. Yeah, yeah. Just because six ten, throwing a hundred mile an hour, didn't know where the ball was going. That's difficult. I mean, I don't need a hit that bad. Yeah. Do right. <laughs> you ever get a hit off him? I, only, I didn't face him probably five or six times, so I don't think I ever got a hit off him. Yeah. That was usually my day off when, <laughs> right. he, when he pitched. Usually Tony put a whole right hand hitting lineup in. I think a lot of has been said about your career and the um the amount of hits you have in your career 2800 over 2800 very close to 3000 you lost some time with the strike season almost lost half a year mm -hmm. 81 right 81 94 81 and 94 so there's right. two years that i mean you know we're fans we're white Sox fans we're harold baines fans so it's like the hall of fame thing is it kind of bothers us doesn't bother, doesn't bother me. No. Doesn't bother you. Sleepover. Because no. yeah, I was fortunate to play 22 years. You can't really look back at something you can't control. I couldn't control that. I mean, I can remember the day you were traded for the I, first time. You and think like, you can remember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I want to ask. I, wanna, I, wanna, I know what was, I was doing. Was, what it, were you? What, how'd you get the news? Uh, we just played a night game in Anaheim, and that morning somebody knocked on my door, and it was uh, the manager, and, and came in and just said I was traded. To the Texas Rangers. For Manrique and? Big Sammy Sosa. And Sosa. Sosa. Let's say, is that who was at the door, knocking on your door? No, I mean, it was Fred went, Manrique. No, he went with me. <laughs> he went with you, and then and, Sosa uh, came over. Sosa and Wilson Alvarez oh, yeah. and Scott Fletcher came to the White Sox. And that rattled the city, I can recall. And I think, you know, the amount of respect was shown immediately. by they retired your number, they don't ever do that for active players. Uh, I, How did that, that feel like? That didn't sink in. It was only a month later. So, really, I mean, now I'm very grateful that they did it. But at that point, you know, I was just – my mind was just to beat the White Sox. I wasn't – you know, it was, that was a great day for them to do that for me, but I wasn't really thinking about it. And, and Sosa had, like, a big dripping Jerry curl, so that couldn't have been good for your esteem. Well, I, have, I think I might have had one, too, but mine wasn't dripping. Yeah, his was wet. He had almost like a he almost had like a mullet Jerry curl. You know how hard that is to have? You know the commitment you got to have to have a mullet Jerry curl? It's almost impossible these days. Right? I don't think it's not too many African-American or Latins that didn't have a mullet Jerry curl back then. Melito Perez. 
Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's got to <laughs> add fuel to your fire. No, not at all. Like you don't even know how to rock this Jerry curl. No, I can't. I can't. You can't blame the player. You know, it's just a business. That's when I knew it was a business. That trade. That trade was a business to me. I mean, you, you know, six hours later, I was playing a game for the Texas Rangers. That's got to be like just. It's just, it's just a business. So you and you had a lot of success there. You had success in Oakland. Right. Everywhere had, you played. Yeah, one counter a year there. Yeah, but as you played, you know, you hit the ball everywhere you went. Uh, I had to. You know, you, you're going with a guy with bad knees. Fortunate enough that the American League still had American um, DHs system that yeah. I could play 12 extra years. If not, I probably would. So then you're obviously pro-DH then. Very much. When are people going to start respecting the DH position? It's been around for 30-plus years. It's just it's the rule in the American League. And you got guys like – Harold and Edgar and uh, now Big Poppy. I mean, Big Poppy's going to get in, and he's going to get, you know. You sure about that? Uh, he, that steroid thing, but you never know. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Well, I'm not looking at that side, but they're going to hold that DH against him, I think, just to be, be honest. He'll eventually get in, but he probably won't be a first time. But how so. can you – I don't understand, and, and, you know, this is – well, I mean, it's been said before, I'm sure, but – if writers are, you know, listening to this podcast, and they should, of course, it's the cycle. Learn how to a- answer some questions. Look at us cracking open Harold Baines. Uh, no one's ever, no one's been able to do trying. that. You're definitely trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, Harold, here's something I don't know. What's the most stolen bases that you had? You feel like you could have got more if you weren't batting in the and always in the, the power spots. I'm glad I was batting in the power spot. That means that's how you make your money. You don't make no money stealing bases. <laughs> The only guy who made money with stealing bases was Ricky Henderson. You, that, you're taking that personal. I was just asking a question here. <laughs> I'm just telling you that. What would you expect, man? It's a difficult interview. <laughs> Let me – no, let's go back to that. Before you, you hurt your knees, were you fast? I was, I was a good base runner, but I didn't steal bases. Because you're smart. You had a great baseball IQ. And uh, I, just, I was taught by some good guys in the minor leagues to how to run the bases. Yeah. I mean, everybody should know how to run. Before you get in the big leagues, you should know how to run the bases. And you had a good arm, too. And you don't have to be fast. You had a pretty good arm, too, I right? thought I did, yeah. But people don't remember that. Remember it as a DH, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, so that irritates you then when you see the really fast guys that are the bad base runners. That's just – I mean, it's somebody didn't teach them right, pretty much. What do you think is the biggest um, difference in the game today than when you played? Um, fundamental baseball. Yeah. Not playing the game right. Not not being unselfish. When you were a coach on the, uh, you know, as part of the White Sox staff, was that something that you were like, I'm going to talk to these guys about? It's, 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 they almost have to come to you. This this is just the time period that it is. I mean, you can't really force anything on a player to, to do. What is it that you you wish you had uh, that you could have that's, that's going on now? you would have back then like what are they doing um, now I, that you wish you would have had the, the advantage of having that's a tough question because i really can't answer that's it. what i do here yeah. i'll answer it's it tough because salaries <laughs> you know, but our salary was decent at our time sure i know, you know okay. the people before me were probably saying the same thing yeah so i can't really the only thing probably would be salary yeah i would agree with that <laughs> <laughs> You came back to me. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was good at the time. Yeah, yeah you know what? It is starting to think. You hit 220, you can make $2 million. That's pretty good, isn't yeah, it? That's right? bad. Yeah, that's not bad. I saw a not quote. Bad. I saw a quote. <laughs> Bill Vack, who is the guy who found you, right? Bill Vack, I think, said it's not the price of stars that is ridiculous and hard to accept. It's the cost of mediocrity. <laughs> yeah. Like how much you got to pay guys that are me- mediocre. 
So the coaching is uh, is something that you th- you feel like these guys today, it, you know, it, it's harder for them to accept it, or that maybe they there's more egos. Do you see that in clubhouses too? Like, did you guys hang out more when you were you know playing in the '80s? Did you guys you know, any well, you, funny stories? Well, you don't have all the distractions back then as you do now. Yeah, I mean, you guys hung around and talk baseball. You don't. That doesn't happen these days. And that's where you can learn a lot about. I learned a lot that way. Yeah. So the teammates don't go out for dinner and everything Every, like that. They just go down, no, even is, on the road. Everything's here. You don't have to leave the stadium. So it's 1983 in Chicago. You guys have a big win at Old Comiskey Park, and you're like, "Let's go out." Who are you going out with, and where are you going? I didn't go out. Okay, let me ask you another question. <laughs> <laughs> so that's never went out. Come no, on, Harold. Not in Chicago, no. 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 Would you go up to Joliet? <laughs> I didn't go out in Chicago. <laughs> No. Tough city. What was your city that what, you like to go out in? Uh, my favorite city is Seattle, just because it's so pretty. Yeah. I, like I, I was just like there last weekend, first time. Beautiful. Is I, that, I was just in Seattle for the first time. You already? Yeah. yeah it's, it's beautiful. I like Seattle. I don't like California. It's just too artificial. Yeah. But I grew up in a small town. so A, a small town in Maryland? 4,000 people in my town. Yeah. Wow. Do yeah. they have a, uh, like a block named after you? A school? Anything? No right. school, just a baseball field. <laughs> Harold Baines. Which makes, makes sense. Uh, that makes, makes you're a lot up, of sense. You're giving up money to name stuff after you. Ah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, what do you do uh, when you're not? I mean, because I know you're a baseball guy. But, uh, it's, it's been your life. And, but you're a big family guy, too. Very much so. Is that what I'm, you like I, to do when you're not at the ballpark? No, I'm an avid golfer. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. My kids are you know, adults now. Starting their own family, so. And you have four? Four beautiful kids, yeah. And a few of them just got married, like, within the same. Well, I'm on the verge of having four weddings in two years. So. Oh, my gosh. How'd the speech go? Did you knock it out? I cried. You did? I do. Oh, that's really? great. Of course. Yeah. I got one more to Why, go. Why, did they hand you the bill in the middle of it? No. <laughs> Fortunately, I did that a long time ago. Put something <laughs> away for that. But when you, when you talk about your daughters, it's special. Yeah, no, definitely. I have a little girl myself. Mm-hmm. Kevin Carey lady has two boys, and he—that's uh, right. Even the boy, I cried. He got married in October. Oh yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that takes away your theory. Well, I guess I'll have to start caring about my sons more. Sorry. <laughs> 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 what about um, on the golf course? What's your uh, what's your handicap? Eleven. Ooh. And you're left-handed. All day. Putting. Good putter. Yeah. Got distance. Uh, depends on which way the wind's blowing. <laughs> Do you, do you do a high step before no. you hit the ball? <laughs> no? Do a spin out. <laughs> spin out, my, yeah. <laughs> my front foot spins out. <laughs> That's great. All right, let's just ask you some random questions. Uh, favorite baseball movie? Mm, Bingo Long and Traveling Arch. Yes! Agreed. That's such a fantastic movie. That was my nickname in the clubhouse. Was it really? Bingo Long? Bingo, yeah. I've never seen this one. No, you, they wouldn't have. No, that's. No. Oh, sorry. Why? Because I'm a little bit younger. Because I'm white. Because you're white. white. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Harlem Nights. Pretty close. See? <laughs> Not quite. Do the right thing. Saw that. Yeah. Come on. I can hang, guys. Been a lot of traveling, all awesome. Great movie. Great yeah. movie. Okay. All right. Let me ask you a uh, favorite book. Book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't read books. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Um, all right. Um, what was your favorite activity in gym class? 
I didn't go to gym. You didn't go to gym. All right, man. Hey, when he's coming up with these, were you a three-sport athlete or was just baseball just your thing? Three-sport. I love basketball. Basketball my first sport. Yeah? Played yeah. soccer. And soccer, soccer, really? Mm-hmm. To get back at your parents? Soccer, because it, it no. was big on the East Coast, huh? Yeah, very big in the 70s and 80s. Really? 60s, 70s. Well, because it wasn't yeah, here. Well, back then we did, well, in our town, we did soccer, got you in shape for basketball. Basketball got you in shape for baseball. Well, 4,000, yeah, you had to yeah. do everything, yeah. right? You were the cheerleaders and stuff, no, too? You I was would, the guard, the forward, and the center in basketball. <laughs> really? Yeah. Could you dunk? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Did you? No. In games? No. No? You ever talk trash? Uh, yeah. yeah. No. Come on. Do you ever talk trash in baseball? No. No. Ever ejected? Once. By dropping my bet on home plate. Really? Didn't say a word. Didn't? He threw me out, and next day he apologized. Did he really? So umpires will do that. They'll admit when they're wrong? Uh, some of them. Did you cry when, I, when he apologized? Did I what? He Did didn't he? apologize to me because he threw the manager out, too. So the next day... He went to the manager and apologized and told him to apologize. Where was this at? Minnesota. Minnesota? Who was the manager? manager. Kelly? No, I was with the Orioles then. Oh, the Orioles. So it was uh, Miller. Say, did you play for Minnesota? No. 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 Who was it? Who was the manager? Miller. Oh, okay. Ray Miller. Who was the uh, craziest player you played with? Craziest player? Uh, we just talked to Steve Lyons yesterday. He seemed pretty crazy. Ozzy probably was the craziest player. Ozzy? Yeah. What's your favorite Ozzy story? Uh, it's, it's, I don't have any PG stories. About that. It's all right. It's a podcast, man. We can nah. do whatever we want. Let me tell you some X-rated stuff. Ozzy's just like Ozzy's a little brother to me. You want to hang out? You want to hear some X-rated stuff? <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, why don't you nah. tell us some stories? Yeah, I got, I got. This is one thing with pizza, but I don't really want to go into it. I get crazy around cheese. If you could watch. One player that is no longer with us or somebody that played before you, who would you pay to see play baseball? Kirby Puckett. Kirby Puckett, yeah. Yeah, the way he played the game. Did you know him off the field? I did. What Very was nice he like? Guy. Very down there. He's from Juliet. Yeah, he's yeah, Chicago he's guy. Yeah, he's Chicago guy. Triton? Yeah. Yep. One of the, yeah. yeah. Very, yep. he, I would pay to go see him play. I would pay to go see Paul Malzahar play. Yeah. George Brett. A lot of people talk about George Brett. It's just the way they played the game. Yeah. I mean, he was another guy that was influenced by uh, Charlie. Charlie Be- besides yourself, which is obvious, who who else would you like to see in the hall that's not there? That's not there? Maybe you have to pick, pick one guy. Barold Haynes. Who? <laughs> <laughs> who would you like to see? That's a tough question. That's what I, I told you. That's what I do. <laughs> when he's not complimenting himself, <laughs> he asks tough questions. When they're not tough, they're great ones. <laughs> I choose. Come back to that one because I got to think. All right, then, because then if you did get inducted, who would you have? Do you, would you have someone speak before you? Is that just the NFL? Do they do that? I think, I think somebody introduced him. If, if I ever made it, my son would introduce Your son? me. Yeah. yeah. Would you want Kevin and I there? Sure, you can come get your own ticket. Wow. <laughs> I, felt, I felt like we made progress. Yeah, I thought we were coming back. But it seems like we're not, we haven't really made a lot of progress with you. All right, I'm going to try and crack you open a little bit more with these uh, just get to know you questions. What's your favorite cartoon of all time? Um, Flintstones. Flintstones? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Barney. You like Barney? Mm-hmm. All right, all right. All right. So I can get behind that. Favorite comedy movie you ever saw? Comedy movie. 
Favorite comedian? Uh, Bernie Mac. Bernie, Bernie Mac. Mac. Yeah, I dig mm-hmm. it. I dig it. Did you see Mr. 3000? That's <laughs> who so they were calling me. <laughs> Jeez. They were called, that was your nickname? So you weren't Bingo Long, you were Mr. 3000? <laughs> well, I was out of the game then, but yeah, it was because he was like three games short. I mean, three, right. three, three hits short. Right, yeah. I was a hundred and something short. But. Hundred and something short. I mean, I saw somebody put something out there that it was like seven hits a year. And you would have been over three thousand. Yeah, but who, who foresee me playing twenty two years? Right. So you can't. Well, I think the bigger thing is the strike years, losing those games. But Jerry Reinsdorf has said something about he's taking ownership of it for uh, trading. For, yeah, trades. You can't. He shouldn't take on that burden. You ever talk to him about it? He talks about it all the time. But you know, it's the business. I mean, if you you had great. Uh, Plate selection too. Like if you were more aggressive, you could easily have gotten easily gotten at, at three thousand hits, right? Or five thousand strikeouts. <laughs> yeah. I but mean, if you want to be negative about it, yeah, that's I mean, another it's, way it's, you could have been one, done it. It's both sides. Three thousand right? hit, five thousand strikeouts. I'll take that. Three thousand, five thousand club. <laughs> well, the numbers that's are there. Club, I mean, right? it's insane. The uh, you know, you got when you retired in two thousand one, you were tenth. In RBIs, 10th. More than Hall of Famers George Brett, Harmon Killebrew, Al Kaline, Jim Rice, plus National League Hall of Famers Mike Schmidt, Andre Dawson, Willie McCovey. And they talk about how you, uh, you, know, you played in five postseasons, and you were phenomenal in the postseason too. Bad 324 in 31 games, had five postseason home runs. And, I mean, you did it. You played uh, – you played a ton of games. It's all about. What? It's not about that. It's about the position I played. That's all it is. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Mm-hmm. How about this? The most uh, time between 100 RBI seasons. You did it in '85, and then you did it when you were 40 in uh, 1999. I'm gonna be 40 in two weeks, and uh, don't I don't I'm not up to driving in 100. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> what? You need a lot of help. So you guys <laughs> won in '83, and then you were pretty good the first part of '84. What what happened with that team? Uh, we, didn't, we, we didn't win enough games. Harold, no, that's not an answer. That is not an answer. Can we put you in a timeout for some of these answers? You gotta be. Were you like trained at, at Guantanamo Bay on no, how my, to handle? My training was like, is, you will not give up. My training was always looking to present. I never really looked in the back. Yeah. Once it was over, it was over. I didn't really. So a lot of things, guys, my team might say what happened. I don't remember it happening until they bring it up again. So I don't always looked in the present. All right. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to ask you the most random. Come on. We're just questions, filling man. time now, Harold. Come on. You short or tight? No. <laughs> Bat right-handed? No, never. I actually am a natural righty, though. You are a natural yeah. Well, that, that's how you could have got 3,000. She just batted righty. No, <laughs> you're naturally as, right-handed. I had to switch because as a child, I burnt my hand. You broke it? Burnt it. Oh, burnt it. Severe? Does it leave it? You can see it. All that was burnt. Oh, wow. How old were you? Two. So then you switch. When did you uh, – was your father athletic? Were your parents athletic? Semi-pro baseball player. Oh, semi-pro. Oh, really? Mm. So he got you into the game? Uh, he didn't force me into the game, no. Just – you know, when you're in a small community, you just do whatever the community does. Yeah. 
And but it was basketball was your true love, but then you just realized, hey, I'm much better at baseball. And you went straight from high school. Yeah. And I wasn't big on education, so. Yeah. I didn't see me going to college. And they couldn't afford to send me anyway. They were like, uh, Harold, where's your book report? And you were like, book? Book? <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. You mean bat, dad. <laughs> so a lot of people bat. love the uh, commercial you did uh, a couple years ago with, um, I think, Fisk and Kittle at the end. Well, evidently. So. Evidently. What's the story behind that? The way they tell me is. <laughs> oh, yeah, because this, this happened in the past. All right. So you've erased it from your mind because you much. are a trained robot. I, I think I hit, <laughs> I hit a home run. You from the school of Jason Bourne. <laughs> yeah. You're from the Jason Bourne of baseball. I hit a home run, and, and it was a sports writer that came in back in those days. They came in with their little cassette players and a microphone in your face. Supposedly, or you remember this? I remember that part of it. <laughs> and he said uh, – did you hit that ball pretty good? I said, evidently. <laughs> and I guess one of my teammates heard it, and that's stuck ever since. <laughs> I've never been able I, – this was how many years ago? I don't know which year 30 plus. I, I really am relating to the guy that asked you that question right now. <laughs> evidently. Bingo long. Mr. 3000. You. And he was Southpaw <laughs> at a White Sox event we did, um, a Wild Pitches event. We did a uh, like a comedy sketch. Yeah, we did. And uh, and I was like, um, what if we got Harold to be Southpaw and you take the mascot head off and you just say, evidently. And they're like, you can ask him, but he'll never do it. And I asked him, and he's like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> that should be your other name, change up, because just you never know what's coming with you. You, it's, you think it's a fastball and just a change no, up. Whatever comes at you is honesty. Yeah. Be honest. Because you speak from the heart. Uh, some people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is your first year. You're not, um, you know, in the clubhouse every day coaching. All right. um, you're doing, like, ambassador stuff. What are you doing now for the White Sox? Stuff like this. Stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, are you enjoying it? I am. It's three weeks in. You know, we're having a, I'm having a good time. You know, yeah. the, the big part of it, I have more time to get back to Maryland. That's yeah. the big, biggest issue. More time with your family. Yeah, because the – like I said, the four weddings in two years. I wanted to be a big part of that. Yeah. So this is, has allowed me to be a part of that. Why not reloc- just relocate your family to Chicago? It's a great city. In the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> I have a house here. <laughs> Do you go on the road much? What does I house? stopped that. This is the first year. I did it for 38 years. That was long enough. How about international travel? Have you gone outside the States? I like the United States. Yeah. I don't. No, Europe and no. No. Right. I've been to those places, but I prefer the United States. If baseball had not happened, what do you think you would have ended up doing? Good question. I don't know. I'm probably military. Military? Uh, that was big back in our community. Yeah. Military. Yeah, the East Coast. I know a lot of there's a lot of bases there and a lot of. Well, that's great, man. All right. I don't live in the past, soldier. Sprint. <laughs> well, listen, this was a thrill for us. Um, Big thrill. So I know at least two people enjoyed this. <laughs> Kevin and I. Well, that's, I that's hope a, that you had majority, fun. That's the majority of that's it, That's right? the majority, right? And that, man, it's a democracy, this country you love. I love it. I had a great time. Great no, great we time. really appreciate it, man. And, uh, you know, certainly the fan in us, you know, we're talking to a lot of people 
that are um, on the team now, and that's cool. You know, that, that's mm. great. But there's something different about somebody that you watched growing up. And I remember being an old Comiskey and people chanting your name, and you coming through, you driving in the Julio Cruz to clinch the division in '83. I do remember that. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, I remember that. There we go. Yeah. Who was pitching? I don't know. Left hander. Left hander. Vandenberg. Brent. Vandenberg. Oh, Se- Vandenberg? Seattle. Yeah. Slider. Yeah. I remember who you were playing. I remember the, the sack fly. I do, I do. Slider. Yeah. Slider? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, was that a big party night? Uh, in the clubhouse, not when I left the clubhouse. Then My the, wife was home pregnant. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's great, man. You are. Well, I didn't want to married yet because she was pregnant. Oh, really? You got married three months later. That 83 team, I was at the game, Tito Landrum wraps it up. And uh, but you hear so many people talk about Game Five with Lamar Hoey going. You guys probably would have. You can't assume anything. You can't assume anything. Yeah. You know, but you know, one little base running mistake might cost us. Kevin uh, talks baseball. about that a lot. Mm. Once or twice I may have mentioned yeah. it. <laughs> oh yeah, once or twice I may have mentioned it. Who's the runner? Jerry Dubzinski. Yeah. Of course. Are you still in touch with him? He was back here maybe three years ago for a reunion. In yeah. costume? No, he had in costume. <laughs> <laughs> He's still bow-legged, though. He's still pointing him out. He's still bow-legged. Take that wig off. We know that bow-legged <laughs> walk. All right. Well, that that is uh, where we'll get you out on, on that, Harold. It's such a <laughs> bummer of a note. Yeah, Dubzinski. Yeah, he may have cost us everything. All right. Thanks, Harold. Appreciate it. Well, if I thought he was, if, if you were, if he's, you know, go ahead. Ask him something that you want no, to no, go on a no, high no, note. No, 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 no. Favorite moment in baseball? First game my father saw me play. First game your father saw you? Mm-hmm. That was here in was 80. Here. 1980. Wow. And we were playing the Orioles. So we've been my hometown team. How'd you do? 0 for 4. 0 for 4, so. Uh, how long was it before you got your first hit? Uh, 21 at-bats. Over 21? Got it off of Jim Cott. Oh, wow. Oh. I mean, you probably was 50 yeah. years old then. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's great. Throwing a grease ball. <laughs> no, he was, he was a good pitcher, though. He was probably in his 40s, though. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you didn't think it was going to be this tough, did you? <laughs> you know what? No. We did know it was going to be this tough. Everyone said it was going to be this tough, and I thought, no. You know, yeah, I've had a few you, moments with Harold. thought you could crack me on, right? Well, I don't know why you, you – see, me. you just admitted it. This is me. But you said I thought you could crack you. We're yeah. not trying to crack you. We're just trying to – I'm just being you're, me. You, but you're kind of saying you're uncrackable. No. You're not going to crack me. Well, you're trying to make me out of something that I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm just, just <laughs> talking to you, man. We love you. What more we have to say? I'm, just, I'm talking back. <laughs> I'm talking back. Uh, this is great. This is great. You gave, you gave more than we probably thought you were going to give. You actually did better than you did. No. We, we, we didn't have the bar. People are going to hear this, and uh, they're going to see it when it's posted that we sat down with Harold Baines, and they're going to click on it because you're beloved in the city. You really are, and you are a White Sox legend. Well, the city's been great to me. Yeah. Great. I mean, still to the day. You know, they've been great to me. Anywhere I go, it's, yeah. you know, it's been a blessing for me. Yeah, well, Definitely I'm, an icon. I'm glad that you can enjoy that and you feel it because what you've given to the city and to this franchise, everyone is grateful. So thanks well, for sitting down with us. If I give you something, you got to give back. That's yeah. the way I was raised. So, Evidently. 
Evidently. Where'd you hear that at? <laughs> All right, that's Harold Baines. Thank you, Harold. Thanks, Thank Harold. Thank you. All right, well, that was our conversation with Harold Baines, which we had been looking forward to. And so many people told us, hey, you know, good luck. Really? You're going to have Harold on? You know, he's not going to give you a whole lot, but I thought it was great. He, look, Harold was Harold. He yeah. was he was exactly who we thought he was going to be. But yeah. and even then, he was better than that. He he gave us more, even though he made it seem like he was guarded. He gave us more than than he thought he did. He, he gave a couple of Greg Popovich style answers, you know. But he always <laughs> did it with a smile. And then, I mean, it's just really how he felt, you know. No, he's so fun to be around. Yeah. He stayed and hung out with us, and uh, we just talked for a while. And yeah, we like great. yeah, leave. Well, I gotta finish my water. All right, whatever, <laughs> whatever passive aggressive reason you want to figure out to hang out. <laughs> it was great. No, that was a lot of fun. So we hope you guys enjoyed that. I mean, he is a White Sox legend, and he was nice enough to sit down with us. Um, and that's what we're trying to bring you here on the cycle. Look for us on iTunes. Tell your friends. And again, stand up with the Sox Thursday, June second. That's WhiteSox.com/slash/comedy. That's gonna be a fun night. Great, um, great night to come out to the ballpark and uh, see some live stand-up. And also, we will be at May 21st. I'm looking forward to this. The, uh, Tim Raines, Jack McDowell, Shy Sox Bar and Grill before the game. And we'll probably grab some other players, too. I know our, uh, our guys, Brad and Gareth, are working hard. Steam producers. They booked us the commissioner. That's unbelievable. I mean, you know? That's, a, that's, that's, a, that's our that's new thing. Game. Oh, really? You don't want to do our podcast? Guess who we just yeah. had on? The, the commissioner. commissioner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and we were the only interview a, in town he did. So that we was, had a, right, a, a commissioner, a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Like, like, why? Like, what makes you so special? Yeah, you yeah. can't do this podcast. Yeah. Talking to you, Tom Skilling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. We have a reach out cloudy out. out. <laughs> By the way, Weather Day is coming up soon, or maybe it already happened, but uh, it's coming up. Yeah, check your calendars. Hopefully, it's nice that day. But it is also hilarious if it rains. <laughs> <laughs> Weather Day. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening to Cycle. Bye. He gone. He did it.